What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we're taking you all the way to Paris, France to speak with an entrepreneur who is absolutely disrupting the footwear industry. Tanya Heath has a brave new vision for women's shoes, and it's all centered around the idea of versatility. Her boots, pumps, and sandals are all made to fit with interchangeable heels, which range in not only size, but also style. Picture this. Have you ever been walking around all day in your high heels and thought, I wish I could just switch into something a little more comfortable for the walk home? With Tanya Heath, this is entirely possible. Six-inch heels can be swapped into two-inch ones at the click of a button, allowing women to seamlessly move through their busy days. This quick change is made possible due to their patented technology. We speak with a Canadian-born innovator on how she's raising the bar when it comes to customer expectations in the footwear industry, while others are raising their eyebrows at her radical approach. It's a fascinating conversation, and it starts right now. So, Tanya, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having me. So, for those who aren't familiar, let's hear about your namesake brand, Tanya Heath, and we'd love to know where the idea came from. So the idea really came from me. I started working here in Paris about 22 years ago, coming from Canada. And my first day at work, I changed from a ballet flat into a high heel at work. And this was met with derision by my French colleagues who all started calling me La New Yorkaise. And Paris is the only place in the world, probably the universe, where being from New York and said in such a way is kind of derogatory. So I understood that in interest of integration, it was better to wear high heels all the time, or at least choose one. And because I'm only five foot, you know, I'm not so tall, I thought I'd wear heels. And the idea just came from this dissatisfaction with heels. I couldn't find a comfortable pair. And I started thinking, wouldn't it be nice if I could create comfortable footwear that looked beautiful and you could switch in and out of a high heel to a low heel? So it's really a versatility play, what we're talking about here with your brand, this idea that there's a woman out there who wants to look sharp at the office, but then also, you know, walk her kids home from school. Do I have that right? It's more an empowerment play. I don't think I would do this if it was only about fashion. So for me, this was also a way of expressing my values. And I'm a strong believer in the fact that women should have the ability to be whatever woman they want to be whenever they want to be. So I don't like this notion of stereotyping a woman. So part of what I do is try to be an enabler so that a woman can express everything that she does, everything that she is, everything that she encompasses, and that she wouldn't have at least a limitation coming from her footwear. Very cool. And so where in the world are you sold? I understand that you're based in Paris, but I've heard lots about you here in Toronto. So where do you sell? Well, so technically we sell everywhere because we have a pretty cool Magento 2 website and I'm proud of that. We're one of the first vendors who switched to Magento 2, but we have boutiques in Paris and in Toronto. And at the end of the month, we'll be opening a boutique in Beirut. Wow, that's so exciting. And so walk us through the purchase experience with Tanya Heath. So whether you're buying online or in store, what does that look like? 
Well, what it looks like first is that we're desperately trying to fit you. So I'm a bit obsessive about that. We already have a lot of different shoelaces for different kinds of feet. And actually, even on the website, we supply a lot of fitting advice. The idea is that first you choose a pair of shoes and then you choose your heels. So once that's done, you're sort of a Tanya Heath Paris client and you can come back for either more shoes and heels or just heels or just this morning I sent a pair of shoes to Florida. So it's a woman who already had several pairs of heels and she just needed a new pair of shoes. So as we understand it, the shoes range from about $500 to $600 depending on the style. Can you tell us a little bit about the materials you're using both for the actual shoe and for the heel? Yeah, we're very precise with that. So I validated four leathers and one fabric. So the first thing to say is, you know, I'm in the shoe business, I use leather. So I use at the moment chevre velour, which is a velvet goatskin. I use a very supple lambskin. We use calfskin and we use patent lambskin. So those are the leathers we use. But for environmental reasons and also for my own personal values, I'm trying to grow our vegan line as well. So for the vegan shoes, we use a kind of a neoprene that you would find on diving suits. So our, our soles on the vegan shoes are rubber and our soles on the normal shoes are leather, but we've coated them in rubber to make them a little bit more waterproof and to make them slip free. So we're doing a lot of things that we noticed our clients would do once they got home, but we're doing them before the client buys the pair of shoes. So that they're truly ready to wear. And so are the shoes and the heels interchangeable or can some only mix with certain ones? Like if I have one pair of heels, is that guaranteed to be able to snap on to any pair of boots that I purchase in future? Yes. So within a size range, yes. So we have size one heels, which are for everybody who has a foot size 35 to 36 and a half. We have size two heels, which are everybody who has a foot size 37 to 39 and a half. And we have size three heels for the 40s to 42s. It's because we work with very defined geometric calculations. So that's the reason we do it. But once you're in a range of heels, you can have anything from a four centimeter walking heel to a high stiletto on the same shoe. And some of the heels are really fun. I mean, if you want your basic pair of black heels, you have that. But tell us about some of your more colorful and interesting heel options. Well, one of the things that I'm very proud of is we were able to do a Canada flag heel. So that came out for Canada 150. It meant a lot to me because I had to watch the celebrations here from Paris. And growing up in Ottawa, I knew the party was there. But we, we also do, you know, glitter heels, leather heels. At the moment, we have something which I think I'm the first designer who's used. It's a kind of a lace-coated glitter and those are doing very well commercially here in our boutiques. We also have metal heels. We have cork heels. The heels are all made with a very precise kind of plastic. So it's a plastic that's usually used in the automotive industry. And we have to do it because our heels are all perfect to the 200th micron. Wow. So I saw the Canada 150 heel that was so awesome. It looked so great. What's the most popular heel type that you're finding your customer is ordering right now? At the moment, everybody's ordering Daniel. And I think it's because Daniel provides both height and stability. So we find that that's what clients tend to prefer. 
Oh, one thing that's really cool. So two things that are cool that I'm very proud of. I have the only machine in Europe that can transfer art onto a heel. So that's one. And two, we continue to innovate. So initially my clients were, they loved the concept, they loved the product, etc. But they found that our heels were a tiny bit noisy. And I've created a heel cap that's practically silent. Wow. And so that is that something that is extra added on? We've added it on to all of our heels. So as okay. soon as we have an innovation, so this would be an incremental innovation, we roll it out on our entire product line. Fantastic. And so, Tanya, as you know, Electric Runway covers the intersection of fashion and technology. So can you talk about the tech or technical side of your brand? Yeah, I think we're sort of funky on the technology side. So if people talk about fashion tech, I think what they're really talking about is on the one hand enablers. So things in the e-commerce space or, you know, maybe facial recognition in stores or applications that incite people to buy. So that would be one category of fashion tech. I think another category is, you know, all of those watches or maybe you could have, a, you know, health applications or I, I guess a third category would be fibers or different kinds of innovative materials. So within that space, we don't really fit into anything, Tanya Heath Paris. But that doesn't mean that there's not a lot of technology going on. So our shoes are actually highly engineered. There's stabilization units. There's a lot of sophistication in the lasting mount. There were 14 engineers. There's already a patent. We were awarded the patent for China. So there is technology but it's not the kind of 3D printing that people associate with fashion technology. That being said, we do 3D print. Right. So it's not the type of technology that necessarily announces itself as such, but there's a lot of innovations both on both on the material side and just the the idea behind it, this idea of interchangeable shoes is an innovation. Even the execution, but yes, that's exactly it. So so that's actually a challenge for the brand because we're not a natural fit in the fashion tech space, yet we are I consider that we're legitimate there. Yes, absolutely, which is why I reached out to you. And it's interesting, you know, we were talking a little bit about how you've been received by the fashion community and the technology community, and it's been with a little bit of resistance, you were saying. Yeah, which I think, I mean, before starting this company, I used to teach for 10 years at one of France's most prestigious engineering schools. And my course was the introduction of a disruptive innovation. So, you know, as much as I was surprised, I probably shouldn't have been. So... We do have quite a disruptive innovation, at least within the shoe industry. And I think that part of the reception was just an adequation of the enormousness of the innovation. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about Dyson as an inventor and the kind of challenges that that company was met with or that inventor was met with. It just seems that anytime there's something that doesn't quite fit the mold, people don't know what to do with it. Yeah, or perhaps that disrupts the status quo. I think the both are both are true. Yeah. And so you have a little bit of a story behind the naming of your shoes and your heels. As I understand it, the heels are named after the engineers and the shoes are named after maybe, – maybe I have that wrong. <laughs> maybe you could tell us. Yeah, so basically in engineering, the link between the heel and the shoe is called a male-female link. So we thought we'd just have fun with that and give – 
the heels men's names and the shoes women's names. So it's not just some of the engineers. There's also my son. So one of the heels is named after my son. There's a few designers who've got heels. And then the shoes are named after clients, women who've supported the brand and always believed in it, friends. One collection was named after famous Shakespearean feminists. So yeah, just sort of whatever takes my fantasy when we're creating a collection. Fantastic. And so for fall, you've just rolled out a variety of boots, including over-the-knee boots, which we know are very trendy this season. How do you decide which styles to focus on each season? Well, if you saw me right now, you'd be laughing your head off because I'm starting to wear summer. So every single shoe we have goes through one or two weeks of testing before we release the model. And we really are dictated by users' needs. So yes, I'll look at what's happening on the runway. I don't even open up the trend books anymore, to be very honest. I have a lot of information just from being present in the boutique. And I'm much more interested in fulfilling clients' needs. So actually, one of the things at Tanya Heath Paris is everybody in the companies at the, on the sales floor at one point of their their life with the company. And this helps us be aware of where we're meeting clients' needs and where we need to improve. Interesting. And so we talked a little bit today about your, your woman that you're designing for and about how it's about empowerment. But there is all the, also this idea of versatility and personalization that we're seeing in fashion right now. Do you think that this is something that's more attractive now than ever? I think on paper, it is very attractive. But what's fascinating in the boutique is we have to have two kinds of shoes. So we have black pumps, for example, and that's kind of like having a white page. That's for a client who's really creative. She knows what she's about and she's very comfortable choosing her heels. And that's, I think that's what we're both talking about when we're talking about personalization. But then we have a lot of clients who don't feel comfortable with that and they need to read the fashion press or they need more direction. So I'll have some some styles, which will have two or three colors in the shoe. And those shoes are highly directive because it would be difficult to put them with heels that weren't meant to match the shoe. So in my stores, I try to offer both because I'd say clients fit into one or the other category. Interesting. And so you're mentioning that your clients actually become repeat customers. You're meeting them in the boutiques, you're talking to them, you're listening to their needs, you're incorporating their feedback into the design process, and they're coming back. Tell us about how your customers have become repeat customers. I think it's because I'm obsessive about fit and about comfort. So prior to starting this brand, I had probably 600 pairs of shoes because I was always looking for the perfect pair. And out of those 600 pairs, I probably only wore four pairs. I deeply want my pair to be the one that's near the client's door. I'd be devastated to learn that my shoes are just in somebody's closet. So... That being said, when a client walks into my store, I'm looking at her foot and I'm really looking at how the shoe fits and I'm training our sales associates to be the same. So I'm interested in what kind of image she'd like to project, etc. However, I'm obsessive about comfort. Well, yeah, because we all know as women that it doesn't matter how great a shoe looks. If it's not going to be comfortable, then you're not going to wear it or you're not going to wear it for very long. That is true. And I think I'm sort of 
unlike every single other shoe seller in the planet, I'm not going for an emotional response with my clients. I'm going for an intellectual response. So it might take longer to convince somebody to buy a pair of shoes. But once she's bought a pair of shoes, hopefully she understands what it's all about. Right. And so I want to talk just for a minute about your background. You were mentioning that you were a professor of engineering. What was your kind of entrepreneurial journey coming up to this point in your life? Well, I come from Ottawa, right, which had a startup boom when I was going through high school. And at one point, I invested $11,000 that I'd earned by working at the Ottawa Bagel Shop in Delhi into Newbridge. And, and I became rich. You know, it paid for my university. So I'd always had this idea that I'd want to create my own company. This got felled by my move to France and then further felled by having three children. So with the move, I had to learn how to speak French and, and, you know, I had to do an MBA. So I decided that with the kids being young, starting my own company was realistically not possible. So I had to wait for them to grow up. But all of the jobs I took were with a view to starting my own company. So I have a private equity background. I've worked with disruptive innovation for 15 years. Teaching innovation and engineering school was part of that. And leading, you know, various French startups is also part of that. Oh, it's such an impressive background. It seems like you're, you know, the kind of ideal candidate to be a successful entrepreneur. So it's very fascinating to watch what you're doing. And speaking of that Canadian connection, recently you met Canadian fashion icon Jeannie Becker as well as Dragon's Den Michelle Romano. What was that like and what did they have to say about the brand? Okay, well, meeting Michelle Romano was stunning for me. So I'm just sitting in this conference center in Toronto watching an Alibaba presentation. And one of my friends, in fact, the woman who, who runs Tanya Heath Paris in Toronto, started saying, I think that's our shoe. And I said, don't be ridiculous. And so then we looked in the client database. And sure enough, she is a client and she bought a pair of shoes in July. And what I found surreal is she was just wearing the shoe because she loves it. She didn't know I was going to be there and we've never even met or heard of each other. And then she came to my stand and told me that she always wears the shoe when she needs to be simultaneously beautiful and comfortable. So that's obviously as a, you know, as a creator to see one of Canada's most successful entrepreneurs wearing your shoe is a huge rush. Likewise, Ginny Becker you know, first of all, she's really bright. And second of all, if I have any pretense to fashion, it comes from Ginny Brecker. I used to tune into her show when I was growing up. So yeah, it's a thrill. It's a complete rush. I couldn't believe that Ginny Becker not only wore my shoe, but loves it. That's fantastic. I mean, there's no better endorsement than that. And with Michelle Romano as well, like, you know, not even knowing that you were going to be there and showing up wearing your shoe and then you spotting it on her. It's just such a great story of everything kind of coming together perfectly. I was stunned. And then to see what wonderful people these are. So despite their celebrity, they're still human enough to come to your stand. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I've met both Jeannie Becker and Michelle and exactly. They're very, very down to earth ladies. And so it gives you something to aspire to, I think, in, in the world of Canadian fashion and Canadian, you know, Canadian tech. So it also becomes a very small world when you're working in the space in Canada, even though you're in Paris, you have your foot on the ground as to what's happening here. And you realize what a small world it becomes very quickly. Possibly it is, but it's a world I like. You know, I've been here for maybe 23 years and I won't get all teary-eyed, but, you know, certainly my heart's in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. So just a couple more questions for you. What's next for Tanya Heath? Well, like I said, we're opening the Beirut Boutique. I would really like to conclude sort of a Series A fundraising this year. So we are now positioned for growth and I'd like to go for it. I think the brand deserves it. And we'll just continue to do shoes and heels. Fantastic. And so how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? Well, we have an Instagram account. So we have an Instagram account for Canada. We have a Tanya Heath Paris official Instagram account. And we have a Facebook page, Tanya Heath Paris. Great. So we'll put the links up on Electric Runway so that our listeners can connect with you. Tanya, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention we have a website as well. Of course. And one more time, the website? It's tanyaheath.com and tanyaheathca.com. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thanks for being interested in what we do. That was my conversation with Tanya Heath of Tanya Heath Paris. For images and video content accompanying this episode, we invite you to visit electricrunway.com and just search Tanya Heath. As always, we invite you to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. For daily fashion tech freshness, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at electric underscore runway. And hey, we're also on Facebook. Find us by searching electric runway. Thanks so much for tuning in. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie. Thank you.